You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome into Fireside Chats. This is episode 18, brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Kist NFL. That's K-I-S-T. And as always, make sure you're following the feed at BGN underscore radio on Twitter and subscribing on whatever app you're using to listen to this podcast. Leave five stars in Apple Podcasts if you feel so inclined. Today, we have a special guest for you in a run of great guests that we've had on recently. This time, I'll be speaking with Aaron Schatz of Football Outsiders. He joined us to talk about the Football Outsiders Almanac 2020, which is a must-buy every year. We dig into a bevy of Eagles-related topics, including some sunny projections for the defense, how the offense can be better, comparing the Cowboys against them, how the league is starting to catch up to Doug Peterson's fourth-down aggressiveness, and lots more. So let's not stand on ceremony. Let's kick it over to that conversation right now. Aaron, thank you for joining us again here on BGN. Before we dig in, introduce yourself to the gentle listeners. Let them know where they can find you and your excellent work. Hey, I'm Aaron Schatz. I run Football <laughs> Outsiders. Nice to meet you. Uh, so, yeah, I'm on Twitter a lot. F-O underscore A-S-C-H-A-T-Z. My hard to spell last name. And, of course, at FootballOutsiders.com. You'll also find a lot of my stuff at ESPN+. And of course, Football Outsiders Almanac is this is our 16th book previewing the season that we've done. Uh, it's over 500 pages long. It's got all kinds of advanced stats from last year, charting stats, play by play breakdown stats, uh, previews of the upcoming season, chapters on every NFL team, projections for over 300 players for fantasy football. You know, we've been doing this a long time. We feel like we're about as accurate as anyone else out there, which is hard. You know, it's not like we're completely accurate because it's the NFL. There's a lot of randomness in it. but Especially this year. We put a lot of work into it, and we try to give you the best product we can. It's a must-have every year. The Football Outsiders Almanac, the, the 2020 version is no different. I've got my big paperback version right in front of me right now. Uh, Aaron, and, and as we talk about this and, and go through the, the Eagles chapter and talk about some other teams as well, we're going to deal with the term DVOA a lot. And it's a metric that I love to use and will cite very often, not only through this show, but during the season as well and in my articles. So before we dive into the Eagles-specific stuff, can you explain DVOA to us and why it's so useful? Yeah, DVOA is the stat that breaks down success on every play based on down and distance and then compares it to a league average that's adjusted for situation and opponent. It's one of those advanced stats that accounts for down and distance, which is important situational football. The idea that three yards on third and 10 is a lot different than three yards on second and one. Uh, but by averaging everything out at zero, it makes it a lot easier to tell what's good and what's bad. Basically, anything above zero means more scoring. So that's good for offense and bad for defense. 
Uh, we use this stat in a lot of ways. We use it to cut for players. We use it for teams. We cut it into, uh, you can cut it by situation because it's measuring play by play. You can do just the red zone, just third downs, et cetera. So that's the main stat we use at Football Outsiders. And with that qualified, I kind of want to dig into the Eagles' forecasted wins and playoff odds for 2020, but I want to use that DVOA there. And, and as we do that, one thing that stuck out to me is the DVOA projections looking very favorable for the Philadelphia Eagles' defense. And I think there's good reason for that as I'm looking at their statistical toolbox that you have in the guide here. At least I think so. And this is kind of a long question, so I apologize. But as I was going through it, you look at it. And in 2016, Jim Schwartz takes over the uh, the Billy Davis uh, defense there as defensive coordinator. They go from 17th ranked DVOA defense to fourth. In 2017, they're fifth. So two top five years. Now, being a top five DVOA defense three years in a row is incredibly tough. And by my count, I don't, correct me if I'm wrong on this, since 2009, there are only four teams that have done it with the Ravens currently looking for their fourth in a row right now, despite being relatively unhealthy recently. So it's very impressive to them. But speaking of unhealthy, the Eagles miss out in 2018, ranking 15th, they're 12th in 2019. The big difference that I notice is that by your adjusted games loss metric is that starting from 2016, they went from the fourth healthiest to the ninth healthiest, to then the 31st and 29th healthiest last year, which coincides with their top tier performance for the first two Schwartz years and their middling performance for the next two years. Looking at the 2020 projections, you guys have them coming in at six for uh, defensive DVOA. Am I right to link those two factors together and assume that you're accounting for some positive regression to the mean regarding injury luck there? Yeah, there's a little bit of that. There's no question about it. They And this is a team that's built with really good depth, but there's a limit to how much really good depth can do when you get smacked by as many defensive injuries as they've had the last two years. So it's interesting because the way it works is that the defensive projections are clustered pretty closely around average because defense is so much harder to project than offense. Mm. Even though Philadelphia's average defensive projection is the same as what they did last year, the rank is sixth instead of 12th because all of the projections are closer to zero. So in other words, like to project them as 4% better than average is better than them actually being 4% better right. than average. <laughs> yeah. Is there any other factors that that make a make a big play in ranking them that highly even though they're they're very close to zero as you said? No, the talent in and out uh, by we we measure approximate value from a pro football reference over replacement. The talent in and out this year is roughly approximately the same mm -hmm. the performance in past years you know it, we look at the last three years a little bit we look at both two and three years ago but mm. they were worse two years ago but better three years ago so that kind of balances out uh they were kind of low in turnovers last year so that tends to regress and get a little bit better yeah uh, but overall it's basically this is a good defense that was good last year and projects to be good this year only with a little bit better health yeah, I imagine they get some more interceptions as well. We just talked about that on the most recent Kiss and Solak show with bringing Darius Slate into town. And your preview has the Eagles now looking at the overall picture here, has the Eagles with a 51.9% chance to make the playoffs. That checks in at 10th in the league. The Cowboys come in higher than that, despite having a defense that had a rather bleak outlook from you guys. Uh, which, I mean, it just now got better with the signing of former Vikings defensive end Everson Griffin. But putting that aside, when you look at these two teams side by side, Dallas looks to have the more efficient offense 
and the easier schedule. Are those the main differences between those two, or is there more to it? No, that's the main differences between these two. Uh, Philadelphia looks to be better on defense and better on special teams, uh, although those are harder to predict. Dallas looks to be better on offense, and that puts Dallas slightly ahead, yes. The latest round of projections that I did actually moves Philadelphia up slightly from the book Mm. because bringing Jason Peters back increases their offensive line continuity, which is one of the variables in the offensive projection. And that's going to matter a lot this year, offensive line continuity with the shortened preseason, well, no preseason, uh, the weird camp and everything like that. Keeping with the Dallas offense here, to catch up with Dallas's offense – who did so well last year under Kellen Moore and likely will continue that success, at least to some degree. Where do the Eagles need to improve outside of just injury luck from 2019? Receiver. I mean, the receivers need to be better, basically. that That's the main thing. Uh, for example, uh, Philadelphia used less 11 personnel. That's three wide. Uh, they used less of that than most teams. But still, they were more successful from the 12 personnel from the with the two tight ends. And they averaged only 2.9 yards after the catch on passes thrown past the line of scrimmage, which ranked 31st in the league. Mm. So it's an example of how I think that they could definitely get more out of their wide receivers and wide receiver depth. They threw fewer passes to what we call the other wide receivers. In other words, not the top two wide receivers going into each game, but the third and fourth guys. They threw fewer passes to those guys than any other team. I don't think I'm telling Philadelphia Eagles fans anything that they don't know about this team <laughs> in wide receiver depth last year. So uh, better performance by the wide receivers would definitely be a big plus. The other thing is uh, they get need to get off to a better start. They were only 22nd in offensive DVOA in the first half of games. Mm. Uh, but we haven't found any sign that that's something that's kind of consistent from year to year. So it, it, that's not a necessarily a sign that they're going to get off to slow starts in 2022. Yeah, in 2018, that was a big talking point. You know, the first quarter points were so low, and it got a little bit better in in 2019, but that's definitely something that they can uh, work on, scoring early, putting themselves in a better position to win. And you mentioned the yak stat, which has been something that's kind of overlooked. You bring in Jalen Rager, and you bring in these guys that can hopefully create after the catch and uh, do some more of the work and, and help Wentz out after that catch. So let's let's move on to something else that I found was interesting. In, in 2017, Peterson and the Eagles really set themselves apart with their fourth down aggressiveness and and really not even just that year he was doing at a league at a league high rate when you put together 2016 to 2018 so has the league caught up with the eagles in that aggressiveness on fourth down i would say not quite but a lot Mm. We, we use a stat called aggressiveness index that measures how often coaches go for it on fourth down in certain situations based on the historic average for those situations over the last 20 years. And the the average is supposed to be about one. The league average last year was actually more like 1.5. So in the two years since Philadelphia won the Super Bowl, the whole league has started going for it on fourth down more often. But Peterson is still ahead of most teams. They ranked fourth in aggressiveness index last year. Now, I will say the kind of bad news for Philadelphia fans is that one of the most aggressive coaches on fourth downs over the last few years was Mike McCarthy. Hmm. (laughs) While he's conservative in other ways, right? Green Bay had a history of being conservative with leads and sitting on leads in ways that 
they didn't necessarily hold on to those leads. The AFC, sorry, the NFC Championship game in 2014 being a really good example. But when it came to fourth downs, McCarthy was actually very aggressive. So that's a place where I'm expecting Dallas to match Philadelphia this year. What about uh, with Jason Garrett? Because Jason Garrett, to me, was always a bit of a coward. So when you look at his aggressiveness index, like what's going to be the change from Garrett to McCarthy? How big is that goal? Let's see. Dallas last year in aggressiveness index was 25th. Yep. And that was like this. I feel like they were more aggressive in the second half of the season because the pressure was really on them and they had made some decisions that were heavily criticized. So when you when you look at creating opportunities for your offense, those fourth down decisions are big, right? Yeah. By the way, just to show you how much the league has changed, Dallas last year had an aggressiveness index of 1.2, which means compared to the league average of the last 20 years, they were actually more aggressive on fourth downs. But that ranked 25th because the whole league has gotten more aggressive over the last two years. Yeah, you definitely want to create more opportunities for your offense and keep the chains moving instead of settling for field goals and punts inside the 50, which is like the, uh, just a bane on football. Uh, no team should ever <laughs> yes. punt. This is the worst. On fourth and one when you're in opposing territory. That is Correct. the – that. Literally, you you could be the worst running team of all time playing against the 2000 Baltimore Ravens defense, and you still would be better off going for it on fourth and one on the opposing side of the field. Yeah, nothing chaps my butt more than seeing a coach punt in that situation. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Looking at the rest of this Eagles chapter, there there's a statement made in the opening salvo of that chapter there, and it says, quote, Reed's Chiefs are a foil for Peterson's Eagles, but not because Reed has sustained his team's success around a Super Bowl win where the Eagles have not. They are a foil because Peterson's Eagles have been every bit as successful as Reed's Chiefs. 
end quote. Now, there's a big debate in Philly about, you know, how good Andy was here. And I, I think people have begun to appreciate him more. And now that he's got the monkey off his back with the Super Bowl win in Kansas City. But can you elaborate on that comparison a bit, Aaron? Yeah, when you look at the two teams, right, both of them have been above average over the last few years. Kansas City's been a little bit better. I mean, they've got the better quarterback. But Philadelphia, sort of how good they've managed their team. They've played well. How well they've managed their team has been hidden by the really bad injury luck that they have had. And by poor clustering luck, we mean things like, you know, close games, you know, comparing uh, how well teams play. If you look at the underlying play-by-play data and how plays are clustered in scoring drives— They've been a little bit unlucky. And when you when you mean unlucky, like when you say clustering as well, doesn't that uh, also impact injuries? And that's what happened to the Eagles last year, especially with uh, their wide receivers, because their adjusted games lost on the offense wasn't that bad compared to the previous year, if I'm not mistaken, right? Well, I'm thinking when I'm talking about clustering, I'm talking about the clustering of plays. Where, oh no! I, I but you said clustering, and I'm thinking. But, but clustering of injuries, yeah, because yeah. also like they've been hit by injuries a lot. Like where they're hit by injuries at the same position. Mm-hmm. And so that creates that cascade effect where it's not you're not just putting in backups in five or six places. You have a couple of you have places where you're putting in third and fourth stringers. Yeah. So you're creating real weaknesses for the opposition to attack. Yeah. That's certainly been a problem at cornerback. Oh, but also sure. last year at wide receiver. Yeah, and at cornerback, like uh, I had somebody, uh, Coach Vass is a friend of mine. He asked me, like, well, why weren't they shadowing before Darius Slay got there? Because that's a big topic in Philadelphia With right who? now. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> the difference between CB1 and CB2, like, really isn't there. And it hasn't been there because CB1 has been injured, CB2 has been injured, and sometimes both have been injured in certain situations. And look, at the end of the day, Aaron, it's it's all about raising the Lombardi trophy. So when you run the simulations and spit out the the new numbers, who is football outsiders favorite to win it all this year? Yeah, we have three teams that are far ahead of everybody else in our projections for this year. New Orleans, Kansas City, and Baltimore. And uh-huh. they each have a 10% chance of winning the Super Bowl in our latest simulation or more. 10 10% or more. The Saints are up to 15%. Every other team in the league is below 5%. So there's a big gap between Baltimore and everyone else. Uh, Philadelphia, we have at 3.4%, which currently would rank ninth among NFL teams in their chances to win the Super Bowl this year, and which puts them right behind Dallas. Dallas is in eighth at 4.1%. Although, again, this simulation was uh, before the Everson Griffin signing, which I think is a really good signing for Dallas because that was an app like he's a good player. And Mm. that was an absolute weakness for them. Yeah, they they got some uh, production out of Robert Quinn last year, and he leaves, and then you bring in Everson Griffin to go aside of uh, Demarcus Lawrence, and you can't just focus on Lawrence anymore. With Baltimore, just a a side question I'm going to throw your way. You guys have them projected landing in the top five for defense again. How crazy is it what they're doing like historically with their defense year to year? Yeah, it is much more difficult to be consistent on defense from year to year than it is on offense. Offense is much more consistent to defense. But the two teams that this seems to not be that difficult for historically are Pittsburgh and Baltimore. (laughs) I think it's something like Baltimore has been below average on defense twice since they moved to Baltimore. Wow. And Pittsburgh's been below average on defense something like three times in the last 35 years. That's wild. Absolutely wild. So, yeah, Baltimore is doing their thing, keeping the defense going, and now they have a quarterback uh, as well, Lamar Jackson. So, yeah. They're looking uh, pretty good and explosive. Aaron, 
Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, gentle listener, pick up the Football Outsiders Almanac. And Aaron, one last time for the people before we get out of here. Plug where the people can find you on social media, your work, you know, go whatever you want to plug, man. Plug the podcast, all that stuff. Absolutely. First, Football Outsiders Almanac 2020. You get it at footballoutsiders.com. Also, obviously, come to the site to read all of our content, uh, you know, pretty much all free except for the links to the ESPN premium stuff. Uh, but get Football Outsiders Almanac 2020. Get FO Plus, which is our premium product, which includes the Almanac and a big database of DVOA that goes back to 1985 and picks against the spread and uh, the Kubiak Fantasy Football Projection app to help you win your fantasy league. You can also get the printed copy of the book at Amazon.com. And a portion of the proceeds from this year's book are going to go to the United Way COVID-19 Relief and Recovery Fund. Awesome. So there's a little bit of a charitable element to buying the book this year. Social media-wise, Football Outsiders is at FB Outsiders on Twitter. I'm at FO underscore A Shots on Twitter. Oh, and the podcast, the Off the Charts Football oh, yeah. Podcast, featuring me and Matt Manicharian from Sports Info Solutions every Thursday. So wherever you get your podcasts, look for the Off the Charts Football Podcast. So in case you have a more listening time after you listen to Bleeding Green Nation, <laughs> so you can uh, listen to more podcasts. You'll have to listen to your podcasts at like 1.5 speed to get them all in. But you should <laughs> definitely check out our podcast. We look at uh, the analytics. Uh, and the NFL every week, especially during the season. We break down some of the charting stats from Sports Info Solutions. Look at DVOA. Look at the top games of the week. I was with you guys, I think, at the end of last month to talk about the uh, the Eagles. And, uh, we did I some specific it... shows on the top teams going into this year. And, yeah, we did an Eagles show with you. And uh, definitely like the Eagles. I mean, here's the thing about the NFC East, right? We went through that period in the middle of the decade where it was like every team was winning. Like the teams were changing every year. Yeah. But the last couple of years, it settled pretty clearly into a top two and a bottom two. Yeah. <laughs> and unless Daniel Jones or Dwayne Haskins takes a big major step forward this year, it's going to continue to be a top two and a bottom two. And that means Dallas and Philadelphia fighting it out and very likely the loser getting a wild card now that there are three wild cards. Yeah, and I would definitely suggest as we track this this fight between the uh, the Eagles and the Cowboys that you listen to the off the charts like weekly previews because there are fantastic nuggets in there. I listen to it every week, so make sure you're listening to that. Aaron, man, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me on. B G N. <laughs>